Hello, before I read the story, I want to talk about the inspiration behind it. The story is heavily inspired by the Floyd Collins story, where on January 30th, 1925, Floyd got trapped inside a sand cave with a 26-pound rock pinning his left leg and was submerged in gravel. 150 feet down from the surface lied Floyd. After many attempts to save him, he died February 13th as the rocks caved in the only entrance to get to Floyd and he died three to five days before they finally got to him. I suggest you go read the story because it was truly amazing. This is only based off of it though. You might see some connections. Thank you, and enjoy the story. Friday, February 1st, 2497. Golden Leaf Cove. 24-year-old Luke Hurst goes into Lightstone Cave at 3.07 in the morning. He won't be returning, unless somebody comes to help. Luke walks into a, the cave entrance. There's a huge opening with a half-circle-like structure. This wasn't the first time Luke went into this cave. He walks in, strips down to one layer of clothing, as he places them onto a ledge carved into the wall, and grabs a glass neon light. A long tunnel faces him called The Maze. He goes through. After sliding around the tunnel's labyrinth for four minutes, he was met with a room. A dome-type space enough to fit two cars. Most people call Last Stop. But after this, is almost a point of no return. Across this room is a small 9-inch gap. For reference, a cereal box is only 3 inches taller. But despite this, Luke moves on, having to exhale to be able to fit. At any moment he could get stuck, he stops, but moves on, slowly moving inch by inch, seeming like he's made no progress. But he's done this before, and moves on. After about two minutes, he gets to the other side, and is met with a drop of about seven feet. He slides down. Now, 200 feet underground, Luke gets to work. You might be asking, who is Luke Hurst? Let's find out. Luke was born in the city of Fort Sandbank, where he stayed for only eight years and moved to Goldenleaf Cove. Goldenleaf Cove was somewhat of a small town, though Luke made lots of friends when he turned around the age of 12. But somewhere in his yard was a cave. Now, Luke was terrified of this cave. He would never get anywhere near it before. But something inside of him craved adventure one day. He walked to the entrance, almost as if it was a giant mouth getting ready to eat him whole. His legs shake and he falls to his knees, defeated. But every day for the past six months, he walked up to the cave and tried to get closer. Inch by inch, Luke did get closer, until finally, he was inside. He lets out a sigh of relief as he pulls out his flashlight. Knowing that he is no longer afraid, Luke ventures forward and is met with a tunnel, bigger than the size of a door. He walks around, dead end. Some more. Dead end. And after a bit more traveling, he's met with a huge room. The last stop. Luke is in awe. 
and notices a small gap. He fits through it perfectly. Wanting to go further in, he moves on. After two minutes, he arrives at the other end, into a small platform with a seven-inch drop. Knowing that he can climb back up, he slides down, met with a bunch of rubble. But far away, a few hundred meters, he sees a light. He wants to get closer, so he started to remove some of the rubble, but more fell in his place. It was also super heavy, so it would take years to do. So that's what he did. Every morning, Luke woke up, gets in the cave, and chips away at it. Year after year was only a bucket. That leads us to now. Luke starts working. Putting stones into a bucket, he hears each stone getting moved for its place. He starts to hear sound, like a fly zapper going off. It's the neon light. He needs to charge it. No big deal. He slides his body backwards to get out of this mini cave he dug. He scooches back and his heart drops. He has a glass sound. Tip, shatter, darkness. Luke sits there completely void of light. But he's alright. He doesn't panic. He has an emergency flashlight. He pulls it out and turns it on. It doesn't turn on. Luke starts to panic slightly. He has a sound echoes through the cave walls. He jumps and looks around, causing a landslide onto him. All that work, right back where it was, on top of him. He wiggles around to break free, but that causes a rock to fall right on top of his left arm. He screams in pain. Oh, fuck. He is alright though, no blood, just a rock pinned into his arm. Now picture this, you're 200 feet underground and the only way to get to you is a 9 inch gap. You're covered in tons of gravel and there's a heavy rock pinning your left arm. There was now only one thing left that Luke could do. H hello Can anyone hear me? The clock starts now. Now, the dust from the initial collapse almost completely suffocated Luke right then and there. But Luke held on, with what little he had left. He had his own routine. Wake up, cry for hello. help, catch his breath. Wake up, Can anyone cry for hear help, me? catch his breath. Hour after hour, he yelled out for help, but nobody came. He was starting to lose hope. What made things worse, all those friends Luke had, they know f that finding the thing at the end of the cave was a big deal to Luke, so they didn't bother him. And even worse, Luke got trapped in a cave before, but got himself out and bragged to everyone about how super strong he was. And even worse, he could sometimes be in that cave for over a day. But he heard a noise. His heart jumped. Someone finally came to help Luke. Oh, the relief he felt. Who could this amazing hero be in this tragic tale? It was, drumroll please. A mouse. It was a fucking mouse. It squeaks. Haha, <laughs> hello there, little guy. What's your name? It squeaks some more. <sighs> Why did I think you would reply? Luke loses hope. He spent the next seven hours in that cave talking to this damn mouse. Now, on the surface, some of Luke's friends were wondering what was going on. Now, they knew Luke loved being in that cave, but they haven't seen him in hours. 
So they came to the cave expecting to see Luke walk with a bucket of rocks out of it. One hour passed. Then two. Then three. Then four. They were confused as to why Luke didn't come out already. Looking at the ledge, Luke's clothes are still there. So he must be in the cave, right? They thought it would be funny to go into the cave and try to scare him. Now, they have never been in this cave before, but wanted to know what Luke was digging for, and wanted to see for themselves. So they also stripped down to one layer of clothes and put them on the ground, and into the cave they went. Back to a friend who's 200 feet under, he's basically gone insane, trying to talk to this one mouth, and not even talking half the time, just rambling on about something not even I know of. But he kept talking, waiting for someone to come along. Then, he heard a sound echoing through the cave. Maybe this time, it won't just be a mouse. Hello. Someone's in the cave. Other than Luke, Luke musters up all he can. Hello, I'm here. Please help me. Finally, someone is coming to help out our poor Luke. Now, you can only wait for them to reach him. Luke's two friends hear his cries. So they start to speed up, scraping themselves on the rocky walls. Then they hit the last stop and see that terrifying nine-inch gap. They stop to sink for a while. Are you 100% sure you are trapped? They hear Luke, faintly. Yes, modass. Now get down here and help me. They stop to sink. But with their friend trapped down there, they move forward. Crawling, bruising their knees and shoulders, their whole body getting cut from the rocks. They push on. Somehow, making it through the gap, they pop out on the other side to see a ledge. Both of them lean down and a flash a light on him. Luke's friend Jill speaks up. <laughs> Loser. What the hell? It's not messy around to get me out of here already. I would love to, but I got nothing on me. Is it just some rocks on you? Yeah, just a telegram and rock hitting my left arm. Ethan starts to think, and he has an idea. Hold tight, Luke. I'm going to send Jill to go get people to come and save you. It might be a few hours, but I'll be here to keep you company. And with that, Jill gets up, and goes back into the gap to get everyone in town. Some story behind Ethan, he was a close friend to Luke, they hung out as kids and got along quite well, until Ethan was almost killed, making his body unable to use, but with the power of technology, they were able to rebuild him as a robot. Ethan was more logical than Luke, but Luke was mainly the brawn, so it worked out. Ethan was a well-kept man with a decent lifestyle as an electronic engineer, ironically. Kept him out of trouble, 
but Luke was there to make things more fun with his explorations. Ethan didn't have much going on in his life until now. This is the point where he realized Luke might not make it out, but he will try his hardest to get him out at any cost. While Luke was being crushed almost by gravel, and the pain from his arm not leaving, he started to go in and out of consciousness. He felt like he was hit with a wave of melatonin, making him want to sleep. So he closed his eyes for a moment to rest. Don't worry, dear listener, he will be fine. Darkness. He was standing, no, almost floating in darkness. A void? He thought to himself. Then, out of the darkness, he heard a voice echo. Hello there, Luke. H hello Where am I? Who are you? That's not your problem. You are still alive. I just wanted to have a chat with you. What's going on? Tell me right now. Up, up, up. Silence. There will be none of that. Now then, let's get to the chase. Your chance of surviving this is, well, impossible. So that's why I... What do you mean, impossible? Am I gonna die? If you would let me finish... Yes, most likely. So... What do you want with me? Let me tell you, Luke. I got a once-in-a-lifetime shot for you, you see? I need someone like you to work for me. If you agree to this, I can give you a second chance if you do die. Sounds like a steal now, does it? As he finished the sentence, a figure appeared, wearing a red suit, black pants with pale white skin, and a bowler hat. I'm not selling my soul to you. I'm not that stupid. What other choices do you have? After you die, it's nothing. No heaven nor hell. Just darkness. Like right here, Luke. Now what would your choice be? A voice tries to reach out. Hello? Luke, you there? Motionless, not knowing what to do and nowhere else to go, he speaks up. Fine, I accept. Wonderful! Well, I will see you on the other side soon, Luke. I wish you adieu. Luke, hey, you with us? Luke slowly opens his eyes and lets out a low moan. Here, take some water. It will help. Luke opens his mouth so Ethan can pour water in it. I thought you died, man. What happened? Luke thinks about that voice in the darkness. He can't tell Ethan, of course, or he'll think he is crazy. I just passed out. 
a little tired right now. No worries. People will be here soon. I do need to go up and let people know about the situation. Are you fine being here? Only a small nod from Luke happens. Great. Don't die on me. <laughs> and with that, Ethan starts to climb the wall, and after a while, with his light fading, he's gone. Back into darkness, with no friends. Other than me, of course. Luke's heart skips a beat. It's just me. No need to worry, my dear. I'm here to get you service, like I promised. Ahem. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Felix. All the way down from the fourth circle of hell. Lovely to be working with you, my dear. Felix held out his hand for a handshake. Mind you, one of Luke's arm is underneath a heavy rock, and the other is stuck in gravel. Luke gives Felix an angry look. If he had the energy or the arms, he could punch him. <sighs> Fine. What do you want from me? Felix gives a large, uncannyish grin. Why, to help you, my dear. I want to save you from this extreme peril. Now, this may be the future, but meeting some demon and then selling your soul to them, that's not really a common occurrence. Why do you want to help me? Why do people do anything? Because they can! Pure boredom! Being down in hell may be fun, but it's boring as, well, hell! <laughs> Besides, if you do die, I'll do a little favor. A bunch of questions go into Luke's mind. Is this a dream? Hallucinations? Or maybe he's already dead, and this is the punishment. As all these thoughts are being thought of, it is cut off sharply with the sound of Felix once more. Hello? Are you still there? Don't say you've died already. At least we to have a little fun with you. I'm still here, you cheery prick. Good! Let me tell you more about myself, to get us more acquainted. The story behind Felix is that before he died, hey, he- this is my backstory. Doesn't I certainly say it myself? Um, sure. Wonderful! Hello, people of Goldenleaf Cove. My name is Felix Mori. During my life, it was lovely. I was one of the people who tested the rocket for new colonization. During one of the flights, however, after it took off, kaboom! I died in a huge fire explosion. I can still feel the flames of my body. But, that's not here or there. After that, I fell right through earth and into hell. This is where I found myself in a bright place, littered with casinos and bars. It was a blast, if you could only see it. Then, after a lucky bet, I won so much power, making me able to talk to people that are still alive. But, with that, I had to look the part, so I put on my red suit and black pants. Along with a black bowler hat, I thought. And off I went. I was always a people pleaser, so that's why I must have a smile with everything I do. 
yelled out, the crowd of people started yelling out ideas. People yelled, let's just move the rock. Have you tried to pull him out of the rubble? Bring the rocks out bit by bit. Those were the smarter ideas of the group. Others went along the lines of, let's blow up the area so Luke has more room to move. Try cutting off his arm, that would help. And the most helpful comment ever, have you asked if he can get out? Fucking splendid. So, everyone was no help. Other than one person. Some guy walks out to the crowd and yells towards the people. Yee-haw! I'm gonna get that fella out of a jiffy! Now, you might be wondering, who the hell is this lunatic and keep him away from my house and family? This is George. A man with a past knowledge of blowing things up. But shockingly, he is not just a side character in Luke's tragedy. He'll play an important role soon enough. But for now, let's just see what George has to say. If we need to get that man out of the cave, I have the perfect way to do so. Now, hold on. Let's see if you can even make it to him. Oh, please, what could possibly stop me? The answer was, that nine-inch gap. Well, I tried my best. Nope, you're coming with me down this hole. And with that, well, not with that. It took around 20 minutes of arguing, but I bet you don't want to hear two people bicker back and forth for more than half the length of the story. Anyways, the two men go down the hole, and as they get closer to Luke, they start to hear him talking. And that's how I beat Hitler in a game of chess. What a bloody good time it was. Hold on, I hear something. People are coming, just don't talk to me. Pretend I'm not here. What about you? What if they find you? They won't, my dear. Only you can see me. Hello? Ethan, are you there? Indeed I am. I brought a friend, if you don't mind. We're going to get you out of here. This is George. And with that, George crawled to the ledge, shining a light at Luke. Ha <laughs> That's the second time! Just get me out of here, you bastards. After Luke screamed at George, he started to think of solutions. Anything that could be quick and fast to get Luke out. You can hurry up with your thinking, that would be nice. I can blow you up, that would be nice! Well played. As Ethan and George were thinking, Luke's good friend comes in once again. You know, this man might be the one to save your life. So, I suggest don't piss him off. Alright Luke, we have two ideas. 
One of them you might not enjoy. What is it? I just want out of here. Well, the first and safest option. We remove the gravel bit by bit and give you food throughout the days to come. Days? I can't do days. What's the other option? We chop off your arm and pull you off with our rope. With that last word, Luke's hope dropped. He would rather be stuck there for days, even weeks, other than cut off his arm just to get him out quickly. Fine. What are we using to get the gravel out? This bucket right here. And after that, Ethan pulled out a metal bucket. It was decently sized, but nothing huge. Get down here and get me out. Please? George said with a joking tone. I swear to God, if my party was free, you would be a dead man. And without me, you would be a dead man. Now shut up and let me help before I change my mind. George slid down the slope to Luke and started to put stones into the bucket. Bit by bit. This might take a while. More time passes. Hours go by. But with every bit removed, more will fall in. Almost as if it was an endless supply of gravel. But everyone stayed determined to get Luke out. On the surface, the night sky is littered with specks of white stars, the moon shining down. People made themselves at home, with sleeping bags, tents, and ironically, the same type of light rods that Luke had before he broke it. Fires were set around the area, as if there was a medieval army waiting for morning to attack. People were talking about how Luke even got stuck there this bad. He has been in the cave for years, and this never happened, and no one knew what he was even looking for. More time flew by, George entering the cave, leaving, emptying, and going back in with the empty bucket. Luke is still stuck there while Eason rambles on about his life story and fun things he has been up to. But the clock kept ticking. After 18 hours of being trapped in that cave, Luke was tired. He needed some rest and so did George. He lasted 6 hours of going in and out, filling and emptying. He was exhausted. Hey Luke, I think we're making progress, but I can't do it anymore. Or I will be as useful as you. We are going for the rest of the night, but we will be back in the morning. We will be back, Luke, I promise. Get some rest, alright? See you tomorrow, friend. After that, Ethan left his light there so Luke wouldn't be left in darkness. They both left, only to return next morning. Luke closed his eyes and finally hoped to have one last good dream. Yep, it's Felix, everyone's favorite demon. What do you want? I'm slowly dying, I just want out. I know, I know, I'm trying my hardest. You're trying? You're trying? What the hell have you even done? You have done nothing to me, nothing to help me, other than just taunt and bother. Now, now, Luke. We don't want to get angry now, do we? After that, out of the void, a tall figure appears, around six feet, wearing that red suit and tie, along with his famous black bowler hat. You know that fellow George? 
if it wasn't for me, you would have no clue that you were here. He even refused to help you. But with a bit of convincing, I could get him to help. What? Y you did that? Yes, I did. Now, are we still angry? Hell yeah, I am. Why did I have to sell my soul to you just to get free? Also, from my perspective, it looks like you're doing fuck all to help me. The only thing you have done that I know is show up and talk to me, teasing me about freedom. I tell you, swearing gets you nowhere. Besides, if I really wanted to, I could just kill you and claim your debt to me right now. So who's being the real fucking monster? Luke froze, mouth half open trying to find the right words to come out. It never dawned on him until now that Felix could just easily kill him, or even refuse to help him. Speechless? Well then, are we going to be nicer now to your good friend Felix that's trying to help you? Luke nodded his head, rethinking about his life and how he talked to everyone. Good. Now, we are making progress. You will be out soon if all goes to plan. Just please, try to cut down on your swearing. It's not good for the audience. Yes, sir. Sir? Oh, I haven't been called that since May 6, 1937. Oh, the screams of the damned still echo through my soul. Felix started laughing, trying to brighten the tone of everything. Well, time's up. It's morning now. You better be awake by the time they come back once again. Morning? I just got here. Why, yes you did. Then, why is it morning? Because. Because why? Because of the time. Luke stood there, baffled at the annoyance of this man. Oh, I'm just joking with you. Put a smile on. It makes you more presentable. Time works differently here. It's much faster. Thanks for the answer, I guess. Finally, Felix vanished out of existence, and so did Luke, to just wake up, back in that exact same cave. It has already been more than 24 hours since Luke got trapped. With his chest still being compressed and his body being held down by the force of rocks, it was not enjoyable for Luke. He slowly opened his eyes to the sound of Eason's voice. Luke, I come with gifts. Ethan peeked his head over the ledge with a big smile, holding a bag. What's in the bag? Just some food to keep you alive. Ethan slides down to Luke to feed him a sandwich. With the sandwich in hand, Ethan thinks it will be super funny if he did something. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> After Ethan's amazing airplane impression, Luke gives out a small <laughs> chuckle. What? Wait, you can laugh? Oh, shut up. I have some humor. Only took your life being on the line for you to find it. Luke ate the sandwich, and George came in right after. Ethan climbed back up so George could get right back to bucketing. Another day, another day of work. Hey, George. Thanks for everything. Finally, I changed a heart? Let me get back to work. 
After about three more hours of bucketing, George went back in for another bucket. As he moved the gravel, no more came. Lucky grab. He did some more. The gravel stopped falling back. Dude, you might not believe this, but it started to come out. I think we are on the last layer of gravel. With that, George started to speed up, moving as fast as he could. This is the time. The time for Luke to be free. When George came back with that bucket onto the surface, he announced to everyone that Luke would be freed soon. Everyone was ecstatic, but not as much as Luke. George walked back into the cave and heard some rubble falling from the roof. Probably just the cave or an animal. With more and more trips, the rubble became more frequent. The dust from the falling stones became almost as thick as fog. So George went down to tell Luke about this. Yeah, we're close to getting you out of here, but there's some heavy dust up here. It's hard to see. We'll be back in around two hours. Hang in there. Almost as fast as George was talking, Luke's mind began to wander. Fog? Dust? What is going on? Luke is so close to being saved, and this is happening? Maybe it's just some bad luck. An hour passed. Everyone outside of the cave, other than Luke, of course, seeing the dust escape as if there was a gas leak. Then a loud boom was heard. The type where there was a large impact on top of something. Then, after a few more minutes, the dust cleared. Ethan walked into the cave, going through the labyrinth, into the last stop room where the gap was. Or was supposed to be. The dust might have cleared, but some remained like a low-hanging fog. There was no gap. Only a big pile of rocks. A cave-in. Luke now has another problem. No one can get to him. Ethan yelled out. Luke, can you hear me? Moments pass by. Yeah, what's up? We have a small problem. We can't get to you. More silence. What? what do you mean? The gap. It's caved in. But don't worry. We will come back and help. Just give us some more time. After that, Ethan left the cave, leaving Luke alone, once again just to go up to the surface. What happened? Is Luke alright? Luke's fine, but the gap has caved in. What? We need to find a way to get those big rocks out of the way, so we can finally get Luke out of there. George and Ethan were both stuck in doubt. How would they get Luke out now? They need a new idea. But who can they ask? Well, remember when I said we were making progress? Yeah. What about it? It's the gap. It's been blocked by rocks. Big ones. You might be down here for a little while longer. Luke looked up to Felix. You, you're gonna fix this, right? You're, you're gonna help me, and you're gonna make things better, right? I'm gonna try my hardest, but if I can't do anything, I'm sure Ethan and George will come up with something soon enough. You're safe in my hands, Luke. Everything is gonna be okay. For once, Felix made Luke feel safe. Like everything will be alright. Thank you, Felix. I trust you. Good. I do 
have to go for a moment, but everything will be all right. Stay safe, and don't go anywhere, haha. <laughs> now, after all of that, Luke was alone, trapped 200 feet underground, with big rocks blocking the gap now. A rock still pinning his left arm, gravel still on top of him, compressing his chest. Our friend Luke will stay here, for a bit longer than he hoped for. Now, I would go on, but we need some kind of break. The story will unfold soon enough. Will Luke get out of the cave? Will George and Ethan get those rocks out of the way? What will Felix do to solve this problem? Haha, <laughs> I always wanted to do that. But the story will continue soon enough.